Hi there, this is Stuart McKee, host of Musicians FAQ Podcast. Please join me weekly where we have music and chat with some of Canada's hottest artists. place to start. Aaron Allen and his wife Amy Allen just happen to be my very special guests this week. My name is Stuart McKee and this is Musicians FAQ. My guests this week are a musical couple out of London. They were once childhood sweethearts and they bonded over the love of tattoos and great songs. They're taking the Canadian country music world by storm. Each is a solo artist and songwriter in their own right. Please welcome to Musicians FAQ, Aaron and Amy Allen. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for having us. Thank I, you. We appreciate it. We're happy oh, to be here. My pleasure. I've been looking forward to chatting with both of you. Um, and so... Interesting enough, I, I think I discovered Amy's music first, um, and then I always like, I'm one of those geeks that always reads the song credits and, you know, see who wrote the song, and then I noticed, oh, Aaron Allen. I went, oh, that's interesting, brother or husband, you know, so then I looked you up, and I went, oh, okay, so this guy's actually, you know, he should have been on my radar. He's the Rising Star Award and all these things going on, um, but there's an interesting thing. Um, I read, Aaron, I think, I don't know if you had messaged me and we were talking, or if I read it somewhere, but you were saying that uh, Amy's actually, she's the big star. She's the one that's going straight to the top and she's got all the talent. Um, and it reminded me of an interview that I, I had 
read with Lisa Bonet from the Cosby show years ago. She was, you know, the Cosby show was huge and she was doing movies and the interviewer asked her, you know, it must be really awkward for your husband, you being such a big star. And she said, well, you know, my husband's actually going to be the big star. It's just that nobody's heard of him yet, but they will. He's going to take the world by storm. He's got a new album. He's got his first album coming out. And then, you know, six months later, Lenny Kravitz released his first album and became this massive star. So suddenly there was two stars in the household. So how, how are you guys juggling that? I know you both started the tattoo business together. Now you're, you've got a music career together. Um, where's the balance with that? And, and does it get fiercely competitive at times? <laughs> Well, we're never competitive with each other at all. Um, it's kind of like, you know, we work around each other and with each other uh, rather than against each other. And I don't, I don't get jealous or anything like that. Like I want her to go to the top and she wants me to go to the top. So it's always been a natural part of our relationship. Actually, we've done music our entire 20 years of being together. So it wasn't anything new for it to slowly progress and grow and um where we don't, we want the best lives for each other so we support one another but right. balance is uh is tricky sometimes because we also have two children together yeah and you know family that we want to spend time with and and you're still tattooing I'm too still tattooing so she's still time. doing the tattooing full time mm -hmm. and trying to get the music more off to off the ground working towards that so you know we're still climbing up the hill but yeah. it's easier to get up there when you're together i guess Right. We're best friends and we just want the, the best for each other. So. Nice. That's beautiful. Uh, so was it the tattoos that brought you two together or was it the music? Well, we actually met when we were children. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. School. So um, when we uh, lived back in Chatham, we went to the same school for a little while and we were boyfriend and girlfriend back then in grade three or four. <laughs> and then years later, we... Uh, we came back into each other's lives and uh, fell madly in love. Wow. That's an incredible story. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> now, were you both born in Chatham, born and raised there? That's right. Yeah. 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 Okay. So what was, what was childhood in Chatham like for you guys? I mean, I mean, obviously you knew each other and you hung out, I mean, but probably some differences as well. What, Erin, uh, what was your, what was your childhood like? Well, I think probably the polar opposite of Amy's. Uh, yeah, I uh, grew up with divorced parents and substance abuse and stuff like that. And, you know, moved around a lot at times. So uh, not, not a lot of stability, you know, my mom did the best she could, but uh, not a lot of stability. So it was a little bit hard for me growing up, but I realize now that that, you know, I wouldn't change a thing um, if I could. So going down that hard road really made me fight for the music. And obviously I've never quit. It's been 20 something years and I'm still going. So I think that kind of instilled, you know, that uh, get up and go in me and I'm not gonna, you know, just be this, right. I'm going to do something else. And I, I think hers was maybe a lot different than that. It was. Yeah. yeah we live, I grew up in the same house. My dad still lives in the same house that I grew up in. Um, we went to church every Sunday. So we were, very conservative Christian family, um, very involved with sports and music at an early age, um, and uh, lots of love in the home. Uh, so yeah, a little bit different, but <laughs> our opposites uh, are maybe what uh, brought us together as a couple. And right. I think what makes us a good team as parents as well. Nice. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I have a lot so, of shortcomings. She makes up for that. <laughs> yeah, I, I can, I can relate. Um, my 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 wife could write. We've been together over thirty years, so she could write you a long list of my shortcomings. I'm still working on it. Apparently, <laughs> nice. so apparently, we improve, but we never quite get there. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. um, I feel that. So it certainly sounds, Aaron. I mean, with, with your childhood, a lot of fodder there for for songwriting, a lot of um, a lot of things going on. Um, I think everybody I've interviewed so far, um, and certainly myself with my life, seems to be a lot of um, childhood travel going on. Um, people have moved around quite a bit, um, but a real mix in terms of, um, you know, sort of the, the upbringing and, and the life and things like that. Um, I mean, my parents never divorced, but my dad was, was a raging alcoholic. Um, so certainly that I think was an impact and music becomes a bit of an escape under those circumstances. Was it something like that for you? 
Oh, for sure. Music, uh, I credit it with like saving my life. Once I got into songwriting when I was, I don't know, 13, 14, that's all I wanted to do. And at the time, I didn't know that I was just purging my feelings on paper. You know, I didn't know that at the time, but then I slowly realized as I, as I look back at it, oh man, this is going on, you know, and sometimes you don't know what's going on, but if it's there on the paper, then it's staring you right in the face. So I think it kind of saved my life. It's all I ever wanted to do every day. I didn't want to do anything. I hated everything else. Wow. <laughs> all I wanted to do is that. So I think it kind of saved me in a way for sure. Yeah, well, that's great. That's it's good that you had that outlet. And was there music in your life as well, Amy, when you were younger? Yes, I, I started piano at a very young age. Um, there was lots of singing uh, and instrument playing in my within my uh, family, like my aunts and uncles and cousins and things like that. So I started music at a young age. My mom put me in piano lessons, and um, along with that, uh, the Royal Conservatory training comes vocal training. So. Um, with my vocal training, I naturally learned that I had a voice and that I loved to sing as well. And um, there was a, a time where I hated playing piano because uh, it got to be work. And right. when you're a teenager, you don't want to put the work in. Um, so I did quit for, uh, for a while, for a few years. Um, but with the number of years that I had learned through the Royal Conservatory, I was able to pick it up again once I was ready to do it on my own terms. So nice. but I always sang and um, once Aaron and I started a relationship together, we uh, also formed a band um, because he needed a bass player. So <laughs> I picked up the bass and I learned how to play the bass at a, in my early 20s as well. And very quickly, her first that song. That was a that... fun instrument. I loved playing the bass. Well, you should pick it back up. There's one right here. But I, <laughs> I think I was telling I think I was telling Pete Lesperance when we were working on Smoke and Ashes stuff. I said that I'm not trained. I'm not trained in anything. I'm still learning every day. I quit every lesson I ever took. But her, she just picked up the bass and the first song she played was Time Bomb by Rancid. And if you're a Rancid fan, you know that's not an easy song. And she didn't use a pick. She did it with her fingers. And my brother was my drummer at the time. We were just like, whoa, I think we got a bass player here. She just picks up stuff really naturally. She always tells me when I'm at a key or like, <laughs> you're, you're, you're a semi-toed out bring it up here you know so yeah. she's made me better too over the years <laughs> that's incredible that's that's impressive indeed uh so when you got into vocal lessons and piano lessons as a, as a child amy was that something you were interested in like was the music interest already there or did that pique the interest for you well i was so young it's really hard to remember right um, what really inspired me was my older cousin she played piano and when i saw her play i said i thought wow like that sounds beautiful. She looks beautiful playing this piano. I, I want to learn from her. Uh, she was kind of a, a, an idol of mine growing up. Nice. So uh, it was her that inspired me to start the piano. Um, and then when I started playing, um, it has it just became part of my life and, and love and passion. And along with art, music's always been um, a big part of who I am. Yeah. Right. Right. So it's just a very creative household between the art and the music and the tattoo, um, which also an art form, obviously. Um, so now you went to church on Sundays. Was there singing and music in church, too? Was that a big part of? Yeah. Singing in the church choir. I played the handbells like ding dong, <laughs> you know, and um, I was too shy to play the piano. I had major stage fright, um, even though I had a big love of music. Um, I never wanted to perform by myself. Right. So singing in the choir was a great way for me to um, to sing and perform without being like the center of attention. It's kind you of still blended. Don't like I still don't like it. And, well, so. I don't know if any of us like it, <laughs> but that's probably why you haven't done a solo thing until now because yeah. the stage fright has been too much. Really, it really has, it, it, and it helps when I'm with when I'm with Aaron. Um, he's a big support um, and rock for me. Um, so. But when I'm doing it by myself, it's definitely, it takes a lot of, a lot of push for me to, to do it. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A big push. yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of artists are shy naturally by nature and, and, but we come out through the music and things like that. And it's interesting because I was going to ask that, you know, why, what was the weight with you finally launching your, your solo career? And so now it kind of makes a little bit of sense. Um, you just maybe wanted 
to be in music and around music and blend in and uh, but not be the focal point. Allen singing It Is What It Is, a song written by Aaron Allen. Um, whereas Aaron, you were alluding to, you're probably shy as well, but you seem to be, obviously you're, you are the focal point um, in your musical career right now. Has that been a challenge for you? Is it did it just come naturally to kind of get up there and, and sing on stage? Well, I don't think it came naturally. I think it happened over years and uh, it was kind of like I was the songwriter, so I had to be the singer. Right. And I don't necessarily fancy myself a guitar player or a singer. I'm really just a songwriter. And uh, by default, uh, you know, God gave me a pretty all right voice. So it just, you know, it just goes with it. But I, I always just think I'm a songwriter. It's still hard to get on the stage. I still have anxiety, especially if it's a big show. It just, uh, you know, it can be crippling. I, I mean, I don't, I don't let it, but it's, it's tough sometimes. Right. She knows I'm in a bad mood. It's hard for me because I'm in a bad mood because I'm going to a show that I want to play. But my brain just goes, ah, you're going to mess up. You're going to be scared. You're going to, you know, so that's where the difficulty comes in. But I've been learning over the years. Once you get there, once you're halfway through your set, you love it. And then uh, before you know it, it's over. Right. And you him and ha when you get another gig, you know, <laughs> I don't know. My brain works against me in many ways, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's pretty common too. I mean, I can certainly relate entirely to what you're saying and um, God didn't give, give me such a good voice, but I mean, I've made do with it and learned how to kind of tailor it. But um, you know, and after a while you just kind of, yeah, I want to get my songs out. So I'm just going to sing them. I'm going to play them. Um, but I always kind of hit, took Amy's route. I was always in bands where there was a lead guitar player and a lead singer and, you know, everything was happening behind the scenes. And uh, I like, I was very comfortable letting everybody else, maybe at the end of the night when the crowd was drunk, I might sing a couple old tunes and, you know, people come up and say, Oh, it was really great, man. I said, no, you're just drunk, but thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah. 
anyways but uh yeah i think these days especially i mean it it's really in this sort of diy kind of age that we're in you really have to be the singer the songwriter the performer the musician the marketer the salesperson you've got to be able to do it all or at least know something about it um and have the right people there that you can manage and just you know they're not kind of off doing something that you don't want to happen so do you find aaron do you have a fairly a significant amount of creative control over things that are happening now with your music? I do. Uh, because I'm a published songwriter, I do write a lot of songs. And I will say this, so I get confused about which song is the song to cut because there's right. so many. And it's like, I like that one. I know that one's a smash, but that's not necessarily for me. So once I started working with my producer, Jeff Dalziel, everything like I, I always say he has the last say. I just send him what I love. And from the folder that I love, he goes, well, that's that's an Aaron Allen song. That's not. That's Pitch that to somebody else. So I have a great guy that goes through and filters everything that I do. So it's great because if anything goes wrong, I can just blame him for it. No, no, no. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I never had that though. Jeff, Jeff's a guy who, if I'm doing vocals, like we'll sit there for eight hours until we get the right vocal. It's not all auto tune and, you know, pressing buttons on the computer. He really makes me do my best and go above and beyond what I ever thought I could do. That's amazing. So, yeah. I always bounce everything off him, no matter what it is. And uh, when I need therapy, I call him too. <laughs> He's good Perfect. for that. He's good for everything. And, and, and I think actually Jeff might've been the common denominator with you and Abby Stewart. I think Abby Stewart had worked with Jeff as well. Um, yeah, she, they just yeah. put out that new single. Um, uh, I think they've been working together for a long time, but yeah. uh, Abby's great, eh? Yeah. Abby's bless, bless my heart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, and she was raving about him as well. So, yeah, very yeah. lucky. Well, that's great. Um, so getting back to sort of the early stage a little bit, um, Amy, you mentioned your, sorry, your sister that played piano? Your cousin. Yeah. I, I, I knew as soon as I said sister, it was going to be cousin. But um, was anybody else in the family musical, parents or siblings? My mom loved to sing. I wouldn't say that she had the best singing voice, but she still loved to sing regardless. She sang a lot in church. Um, and my dad played in a band when he was uh, when he was younger. Cool. So, singing too, right? Yeah, singing yeah. and playing guitar. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it is he, in, I have in the blood a bit. It's in the blood a bit, a bit, yeah. Well, your brother sure. plays bass. My he's he's plays a great bass, bass player. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Uh, yeah, my brother plays bass. He's He played since he was a teenager. Um, so he would play like Primus a lot and uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers he loved. And so he brought a different type of music into our home as sure. well. So um, yeah, a little bit of music here and there. Yeah. Nice to have some. And what about you, Aaron? Was there family members playing music uh, as well? Oh, for sure. My, uh, my uncle Terry, he plays drums and my dad had always had a guitar, um, to, to goof around on. So that's where I kind of got the guitar from. I started out in drums, but, uh, I switched over to guitar mainly because I couldn't find anybody to do a band with me who was serious. So right. I'm like, okay, I have to write the songs then because I'm not going through this. I'm not going to be a drummer and just go from this band to that band. So when that started, I remember my first guitar and yeah, my dad bought me my first guitar. I, I think he played a little bit of harmonica too. So it was music's a huge part of my family. Right. At all cool. the family gatherings, there's always like music blaring and they'll often have live music at Thanksgiving and Christmas. And uh, yeah, music is a, a, a big, big part of his family for sure. They like nice. to turn it up loud and party. Crank it up. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Um, so so I think you mentioned you were you had started songwriting in your teenage years, and so and the getting the bands together. At what point was there kind of a point? I know you're talking about, and I read about you as well that it's kind of been a slow twenty year process. But was there a point where you said, "Hey, I can do this for a living," or was it just always this is what you're doing, and you kind of morphed into it, or was it a conscious decision to say, "Yeah, at some point, I think I can actually do this professionally." Uh, it, it became more conscious. It was always kind of my dream, but, uh, it's funny. Sometimes we don't put those dreams into action. We just kind of, you know, half-ass do it, but right. I, I would always write songs every single day, but I didn't necessarily want to be on the stage. Didn't want to do that. Like I've 
always been writing and I didn't know that you could write songs for other people. I had no clue until like, I don't know, maybe about six years ago when I met Aaron Perchette and he had told me like, well, a lot of us don't write our own songs or we do this co-writing thing. And from the day that he said that, I'm like, oh, that's what I want to do. I didn't know that was a job. So that's when I really started going, okay, if I can write songs for people and release my own, maybe I can make enough money to live. And that's what I've kind of done now. And I'm able to do it full time. So that's kind of when it all started going into action. Like now I can see the path, but the path was never clear before. And uh, I think there's a lot of stuff going on turmoil in my life that sure wouldn't have been the right time anyways. So yeah, it just kind of all happened. And I went, Oh, okay. I can make a living off of this after, you know, 20 years or so. And it, I lucked out, right? Like we try to make the best music, but I'm I was talking to my producer, Jeff, the other day, and I'm always surprised that somebody's listening to any songs that I wrote. I'm still <laughs> surprised, you know, after 20 years of, you know, some people listening, but <laughs> a lot of no's, a lot of other stuff. So I'm always surprised that people like it, you know? Yeah, yeah I, don't, <laughs> I, I don't think there's really any too many of those overnight successes. I mean, I think it is a lot of hard work and people don't see all the steps that lead to where you are now and even being where you are now, there's still a, a big mountain to climb. Um, and I think maybe a lot of people just lose the, uh, the will or they, or they just get beaten down and, and then they just give up. So it's kind of nice that I think you've come about it in a, in a, in a unique way with the songwriting and, and, and then playing in bands, but Amy also being musical and then, the tattoo shop so you guys were childhood sweethearts and then is it teenage sweethearts or you met again in your 20s teenage years yeah yeah and then 18 18 yeah yeah and so at that point was there already that mutual love of tattoos no it was a few years later Aaron wanted to start getting tattooed okay um he knew uh that I was an artist but I had never really educated myself in the tattoo industry so once he brought that up, it got me studying tattoo art and opened up this whole world of, um, of beautiful tattoos that I had no idea was out there, um, which started my passion for tattoos. So right. started to design his work for him and realized after a short while that uh, this is something that I want to pursue for my career. Um, took a long time to find the right apprenticeship. Uh, as a young woman back then, um, but uh, I was patient with the process and uh, ended up getting my own equipment and tattooing from our kitchen, <laughs> just on grapefruit skins to practice for summer. And and then uh, I landed my apprenticeship in, in Ingersoll at Endless Boundaries. Very cool. That's interesting. I didn't know people practice on, on grapefruits and stuff, but that makes sense. I was interviewing um, James, An- James Anthony a couple of weeks ago and his dad was a barber and he's saying that you, they used to practice shaving on balloons. <laughs> so I go, well, that's why they've got such a, a delicate touch. I mean, I remember the first time I went for a, for a, an actual shave, I was like, you know, and they put the towel over your face and you're leaning back and I'm going, I'm really vulnerable right now with this straight <laughs> razor against my neck. I hope this guy knows what he's doing. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, it's funny. And I had a lot of interest in tattoos younger. And then it seemed to be suddenly all my friends were getting them. And it wasn't as prevalent as it is now. I mean, back then it would be maybe one or two tattoos. Um, So then I just kind of stayed away. It was, you know, everything kind of went in tread. Somebody get their ear pierced and then 15 other people get their ear pierced. And so, you know, but I still kind of harbor that notion that uh, my wife and I have talked about tattoos. We may come see you yet. Um, now you just opened a new shop. Is that, uh, what I read? All right. Yeah. And I ran the taste of ink for eight years. Um, and once he decided to, um, start doing music full time, um, and he could no longer be part of the business. Um, we decided as a group, uh, my two colleagues and I, that, um, we would find a new place and have a fresh start just the three of us. Um, so we decided to sell our building and close the Taste of Ink and open up Common Ground Tattoo Collective. Nice. Very so cool. the two girls I work with um, are Taylor and Heather, and uh, I apprenticed both of them. Um, that was a huge gift uh, that I was given that I got to meet them and become, you know, family with them and now run a business with them. 
I couldn't ask for better women to uh, surround myself with. Well, that's great. Congratulations. That's exciting. Looks good on you. Looks better when you're on my own. For years and years to come. Yeah, it's more than just skin deep. Don't you know it's a part of me? And our love is like a good tattoo. It's forever, there's no going back. It's permanent when you got something like that. Ain't going nowhere. Stuck on. Our love is like a good tattoo. Our love is like a good tattoo. Our love is in the test of time. Just like them ink and lines. It's not something that'll ever wear off. Yeah, baby, I swear it's not. I'm wearing my heart on my sleeve. Yeah, for all to see. Our love is like a good tattoo. tattoo um so then when did the music thing for you amy become suddenly this or was it always there for you as well that you had this idea of maybe being a singer or songwriter or performer but just had to kind of work your way up to that uh that first step was it uh yeah well i was very happy uh being a support to aaron and singing harmony and sometimes playing piano and I loved that role, uh, but in the back of my mind, I always thought, you know, it would be nice to do my own thing one day. Um, and I said, and I trusted that when the right time, when it was the right time, it would it would come, and I would know. So we have two young children, and once our second one came along, I thought, you know, it's not going to be anytime soon because my I'm a mom first, and uh, my devotion is to my children. But once she's old enough that I can start leaving her with a babysitter or with uh, granny and papa, then I'd like to start, you know, going out and maybe just doing like an open mic, playing some cover songs, maybe starting to write my own music. Um, but before any of that could happen, this song came along that um, I fell in love with. And it was, it is what it is. And um when I first heard it, I didn't think that it would be for me um, necessarily, but I love the song so much. And then from there, it naturally progressed into um, Jeff wanting to work with me and everything kind of aligned for me to record the song and release it. And uh, as I said before, I trusted that the right time would come and it did. And uh, 
we got a beautiful song out of it. Well, that's great. Yeah, I I really liked it. And in fact, I was listening to it again today before the interview. But um, so you had mentioned writing as well. So have you started writing on your own? Or is that something you're starting to get into or that you want to get into still? Um, that I've recently started to get into. I've been yeah. uh, writing for a few months now. Um, definitely hard to <laughs> devote time to that. But Aaron told me the other day, he's like, you really have to look at it like it's like it is a job, like it's it's work, you know, you have right. to devote time to it. Um, and you have to set boundaries for the kids, you know, because they're on summer vacation and uh, home with us a lot. So it's hard to find alone time to play piano and write with the kids around. As soon as I hop on the piano, they're hopping it on it with me and wanting to play yeah. with me. And um, but I'm, I'm chipping away at it and I'm and it's always turning in my head. So. I, the great thing about having cell phones is you, you get an idea in your head, you can just jot it right down right. and then revisit it or slowly develop the song over um, a few weeks um, before you can get to an instrument to put melody to it. So. Yeah, we really we really do have all the tools. To, I mean, I've got several phones over the last few years that are two or 300 voice note recording ideas. And right. yeah, just it, sometimes they're 10 seconds long. Sometimes it, it's a little bit more form, but uh, it's, it's just an amazing tool. I mean, in the past, and I still have somewhere in my studio, a box of, of papers and scraps of paper and lyric sheets, uh, you know, that I was writing 20, 30, 40 years ago. And some of them have yellowed significantly since then, but, but very hard to organize that. But uh um, and then the apps and things that we have these days for writing tools are, are incredible. But I mean, having the training in the background that you guys have, or that you have, Amy, as a musician and, and, and Aaron just through hard work and um, I think certainly becomes a, a more useful in, in the grand scheme of things as far as flushing out the actual songs and making them more authentic. Exactly. And you've seen, she, like everything I do, I, I bounce off of you. And you kind of co-written me, co-written with me, like good, uh, good tattoo. You actually, her and I started writing that song together before I took that down to Nashville. Like, so she has been co-writing all these years too. But I think now you, you're, you're finding your sound. Mm -hmm. Like you're right in the middle of finding your sound, which is kind of really difficult. You take all these influences in, but you go, who am I? Right. Well, what am I supposed to sound like? And with, it is what it is. Jeff kind of nailed that on the head. So now it's like, oh, this is what I am. This is what I need to write towards. And yeah, I think just got to kind of open that door and then the floodgates will open. So exactly. Yeah, yeah that, is, that is fortuitous. I mean, it, because I was going to say being your first single and everything, if you're still struggling for that identity, then you, you're doing it all in the public and you're doing it all in front of people and people are going to com be comparing, oh, now she's trying to sound like this person or she's trying to sound like that person. Um, and I, I'm, I mean, it's inevitable that you're going to pick up the influences around you. But I remember watching an interview with Elvis Costello and he was talking about being really into the band and how he was all his songs, early songs, he was trying to sound like the band. And I listened to Elvis Costello and I'm like, thank God, like you sound nothing like the band because we already have the band. I mean, but Elvis Costello's sound was so unique. So for you guys going forward, I mean, obviously it's a balance of commercial success and, and a catchy song and, and song that's going to get streams and get airplay and things like that as well. Um, but is there a desire for the songs to have sort of a deeper quality or what, what sort of style or sound are you going for? I mean, what sort of your ambition musically? Um, absolutely. There's always a, an importance of it being authentic and meaning something to uh, to me and and obviously to Aaron, he, every song he writes is comes from uh, his life experiences. So I would definitely say that uh, most importantly, it has to be authentic and real. Um, people can see through it when it's not. And um, I personally don't wanna create music unless it's uh, it means something deep to me for sure. Yeah. Um, as for like commercial success, um, I don't know if that's a, a huge goal of mine. I want to be able to just create music and put music out there. Um, and if people fall in love with it, then that's, that's the cherry on top for me. Good. Yeah. You I think that have to play in that field though, right? Like yeah. whether we, whether we want to or not, we still have to get inside that box. So the goal kind of is to be in that box, but as far to, you know, as far 
to the edge as we can. Right. Because but, not being in that box means that we can't continue to create the music. Yeah, if the flow doesn't, if the money doesn't come back, it yeah. stops the music from coming. So we've really found out our way. Okay, this is how we have to make money. So we're able to make one more song. Yeah. We're all living one a song at a time. It's a paycheck, <laughs> paycheck here. It's true. Song to song. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is that way these days, isn't it? Um, yeah. Speaking of songs, so what, for each of you, what were the first what was there one song that inspired you? Was there one song that went, wow, you know, I, this, this whole thing about songwriting is, is definitely for me, um, or that kind of got creatively got you excited about becoming a songwriter or singers, performers, or certain artists, certain albums. For me, when I was younger, um, it was Cheryl Crow, um, her album Tuesday night, uh, music club, um, inspired me to start writing music. Yeah, incredible album. I I was already writing music by that point, but that's that's an amazing album. Amazing album. I learned it from front to back on the piano, so I could sing every song and learn all the chords and and everything. And that was that would be the one for me. Yeah. Um, for myself, uh, everything when I started listening to country when I was a teenager, I was always playing in punk bands, and then once the bands were gone. It was just, I bought an acoustic guitar and it was just me. I had nobody backing me up. So I gravitated more towards, uh, you know, Bruce Springsteen, uh, more the Nebraska style stuff. Steve right. Earle. Once I started hearing stuff, Lyle Lovett, once I started hearing those guys, Tom Petty, I went, wow, I want to do that. That's when I got inspired. These guys were saying something meaningful and, uh, they were talking to me. They were keeping me alive, you know, through their stories of pain and hardship. So I found that kinship there. And, um, you know, I always really wrote a lot like those guys. I can tell you their moves in my guitar or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, you know, as things progress and now we're 20 years later, now I have to write things a whole different way. So they inspired me. There's still little pieces of them in there, but now it's not, I can't write that way anymore. That was 20 years ago. You can't use the same model. It just doesn't happen if you want to sell music. But having been rooted in that, everything I do is, is kind of maybe honest to a fault. But right. they taught me that, and I'm so glad that I have that there. It's not necessarily about a chorus. Some of their songs don't have choruses. Yeah. But that's not necessarily how we can do thing now, things nowadays. But I'm glad I saw that other side from those you know all those artists those i'm into a lot of solo artists yeah yeah i mean those, and those are four of my favorite uh absolutely and i've seen them all in concert it's lyle lovett who was scheduled to play here in kitchener and then the covid came along and shut everything down so um i got tickets to that i don't know when <laughs> when they're doing the re-show but lyle lovett and john hyatt you're gonna love it yeah yeah i'm waiting i'm waiting and john hyatt's another one i'm just a killer killer songwriter and again much like yourself john hyatt was writing songs for a lot of other people uh yeah. before he really became recognized and and he was a guy i had read that he just he hated his own voice and but now i listen to john hyatt and you know he's got that real gritty raw voice or i couldn't hear anybody else singing some of those songs sometimes i mean the, the delivery is just so real <laughs> it's just it's amazing and that's why people cover them just because you know cry love or faith, have a little faith in me. Like I love, have a little faith oh, in yeah. me. That's, you know, and, and when you see them live, uh, just amazing. There, there's something when I saw Lyle Lovett and John Hyatt live, there's just something about the storytelling that I love. If I could just do the storytelling thing for the rest of my life, that would probably be what I would want to do. Yeah. Uh, that's where my heart is getting up there, telling the story about the song and then playing it. Not, one after another that's fun too but i love the whole experience of that like that's wow awesome. man you're steve sure. earl this is how you're this is how you wrote that song yeah that's yeah, what steve, i love steve earl's incredible i saw him in concert i mean it's he's having discussions and conversations and telling stories and he's his political views are right he's wearing them on his sleeve and uh, you know springsteen as well but uh yeah they're all great storytellers i was gonna say that's the thing i think that struck me with all those guys as well you know and your song highway mile is a good example of that i've always liked though and you can tell that you're an old school songwriter because when you start using those themes like the highway and things like that i mean those are just things that will come up 
and everybody I think is trying to write that you know perfect song that perfect story song that perfect highway song at your window mm, back before my first cell phone we would drive around this town trying to find ourselves we were lost and didn't want to be found cyclical on it i think people will become a little bit starved for some of that music as well yeah, yeah i think it's happening and uh the, the good thing is i didn't know a chorus before but after i started working with jeff it took a good two years i think of working with him and i mean we call this thing cowboy boot camp that he puts puts you through but i had that traditional thing and then he just added everything else in there and he took me and went, this is your education. And then I went, wow, okay, now I really know how to smash a chorus. And when you're able to do that, you go, oh, I still love that storytelling stuff, but there's this whole other layer. Like now the possibilities are becoming endless. But uh, yeah, it was hard for me to get out of that too. But that first year of like writing down in Nashville, it took like a year before we even recorded a song. Right. Just because I had to lose some stuff and, you know, make room for this new stuff. Well, that's cool. So first songs um, that you recorded, what do you remember the first song that you recorded, Aaron? Was that a home recording that you were doing? Or that... I don't know. I, I remember I had an old four track machine. Uh, we used to do stuff like that. I was in a punk band with my cousin called Joe Dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And I remember one of our buddies had like, I don't know, a 16 channel board and an old, uh, you know, tape deck or something. And that's where we made our first EP for Joe Dumpster. <laughs> and I think I was on drums at that time. My cousin was singing and playing guitar. That's probably the first recording I can remember. He might still have it. I think he still oh has goodness. it. 
hilarious. <laughs> that, that's awesome. The one that you played at the high school, that band? Was that Joe Dumpster? No, that was a different band. Yeah. Yeah. Multiple bands. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Do you remember so, your first uh I, I was just gonna ask you being in my bedroom when I was uh when I was a child and uh recording music in my room. Uh I'd bring pots and pans up to have percussion and um Tom White style. Yeah, I guess <laughs> <laughs> maybe not as uh, as beautiful as Tom Waits, but um, yeah, I remember recording music as a child in my in my room. Uh, none of the songs I could remember today, but um, <laughs> that was a big uh, big hobby of mine. That's yeah. cool though. So going forward now, recording, Amy, are you planning? Is there going to be an EP, or is it just going to kind of be one song at a time type of thing? You no, know, one song at a time for sure. It's got to be the right song. Um, and I would love to be on a writer, uh, a writer on the next song if, if possible, but it's got to be the right song, just single by single for now. Uh, but my next release is actually also Aaron's next release. So we're doing a, uh, a song together, yeah. fe featuring each other. Nice. As a yeah. duet. It is a duet. Yeah. So yeah. we're going to put that out uh, right before the CMAO awards because we we're going to be playing that night uh, during the awards ceremony. So we're going to put that out right before the CMAOs so we can get up there and she can sing it too. And yeah. I'm pretty excited about that one. That's cool. Yeah, That's really And neat. then after that, you'll get your next single. Exactly. Because you're always writing. Uh, you intended to write the first one. But when uh, Dan Davidson and David Boris, when we were writing that, for some reason, I just knew that that was Amy's song when we were writing it. You knew it before so, me. Yeah, that one just kind of came from the universe. But we're really... Uh, gonna be trying hard to yeah you know get in that same arena next time around with you on as a writer exactly right. yeah, yeah so, mine, so no that's cool so when you're writing songs for other people Aaron, is it got to that point now where people are coming to you specifically are you writing specifically for an artist or is it just a matter of you know this song is not going to work for me so let's see if i can pitch it uh both of those things really um sometimes too there's a a third thing that comes into play lately, people have been writing songs and just calling me to kind of, I don't want to say fix it up, just knock it all into place. Right. So there's kind of three things that I'm doing nowadays. And uh, it's kind of cool. I enjoy knocking everything into place. Um, I'm really spending a lot of time writing by myself after everything that I've learned over the past few years. Cause during COVID I wrote like over 300 songs so after going through all that, I really wanted to just take what I have learned with writing with other people and try to find me through it. And that's where just uh, our new single, um, just, getting, just by. getting by. Sorry, there's so many songs on the go. <laughs> that's where that came from. But uh, nowadays I am writing in a lot of rooms, but I'm trying to write more with a purpose. Like when I started writing with Pete Lesperance for our new band smoke and ashes it wasn't intended to be smoke and ashes i was writing for his solo project and then uh we just wrote a really good song and he was like do you want to sing this together do you want to start a band and it just kind of came out of that and i'm like okay i want to i like to focus a little bit more we were writing 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 all over the place now it's like it's nice to focus now that smoke and ashes is coming out we got a whole ep done uh, the Aaron Allen stuff, we have three singles, I think, recorded. We're working on another one right now. There's so much music that's going to be coming down. Um, it, it's been great. So doing all that work, right, with other people, everything, it all culminates into a lot of music coming out. I was going to say, and that's a lot of hats to wear and a lot of juggling. You must have sometimes have an identity crisis. <laughs> I do. It's kind of like I need to do all of those things just to make enough money to live. And yeah luckily i love those things and uh i don't know what happened with smoke and ashes that was never intended but <laughs> i think i got lucky that the universe gave me that and i'm hoping that's another revenue stream that that we can use to just keep making music because pete produces it too so the cost is very low pete and i can just write them and make them all we want and the guy's a monster producer monster talent same with jeff they've both been uh, amazing to have in my life and the career has gone up since working with these people you know that's a big part of being a musician is having the right uh, team around you to uh, to do their parts to you know everyone rises up together right 
Well, I've never really had people tell me no. Like <laughs> Jeff, with, with Pete, it's like everything just goes, it's just great. And, but with Jeff, it's like he really digs in and he tells me no and he makes me better and he goes, just don't put your hand there because I've already put my hand there and it hurts. So do this. And I, I always just go, thanks, Jeff. You know, I just had a conversation with him yesterday. Thanks. This, this wouldn't happen. I'm the best musician I can be at this point in time because of what he gave me for the past two years. Right. Yeah. Incredibly yeah. lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. So it sounds more like you're, you're working to live as opposed to living to work. And, um, yeah. and I think that, you know, when you're living and working and doing all the things that you guys wanted to do, it, it just makes things a lot easier and to have that support uh, and that team is fantastic. I think a lot of people struggle with that because they don't like being told what they do. Or they don't like being told if something's wrong. And those are generally the people who aren't going to progress and aren't going to get better. So I think it takes a bit of a, an open mind and a thick skin to, to want to really get better and want to improve. Absolutely. But it's the payoff. <laughs> when you can let your guard down and put your ego aside, right. then you're absolutely right. That's how you grow as an artist. And it, it never bothers me when he says like, that's not good enough, you know, because now I don't send him stuff. That's not good enough. Now I know, right. You know, he instilled that in me. And now if I'm giving it to him, I'm probably not going to get like, no, that's not, that's crap. Now I get yeses, but I mean, I, I know what to do now because he said, no, you can't just, you can't be in between. A lot of this industry is a lot of in between. Jeff is like, yes or no. And I know I'd be really good at, you know, joining the army and being in the military. I've always thought that that's why Jeff is great for me because I have this education. I come with that, but Jeff really, Hey, march this way. And if you, if you kind of do that, it's probably going to work out, Aaron. And I just go, okay, put me to work. Let's march. So if you fight that, if you're going to be that artist, who's like, I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. You're right. I, d I don't know if the world will open up for you if you're trying to bulldoze it. So as the hour's wrapping up, guys, it's been a real pleasure talking with you. Um, I could go on all afternoon just chatting with you. It's, it's really incredible to see the excitement and the enthusiasm and how well the two of you work together. So really happy for you on that. Yeah, this has been a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. Just you guys have been incredible to talk to. I've, I've, I've had such a blast um, chatting with both of you. It's been incredible. Thank you so much. This was a great interview. Like, yeah, absolutely. truly, a lot of fun. You made it nice and easy, and great questions, and yeah, great to talk to you. Good. Well, thank you. Yeah, easy is the aim here, so we we never want to stress anybody out. So, Amy Allen Music, Aaron Allen Music, SmokingAshes.com. Check these guys out, folks. You have got to hear them. They're incredible. Amy and Aaron, thank you so much. I hope we get to do this again soon. I hope to get a uh, chance to come out and see you guys play live soon. And especially you, Amy, looking forward to you making your live debut. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Have a great day, folks. Thank you so much. You too. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye.
Thank you for listening to Musicians FAQ Podcast with your host, Stuart McKee. We're here every week with great Canadian musical artists. 